I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm so excited to have my next guest here. We have Luis Monta, who is the founder and CEO of Soul Juice. And if you have not heard of Soul Juice, you have to immediately... Do a little Google search for it. Find it at your local store. It is so, so good. He started this company while he was in school initially. We'll get into that. He took a little hiatus and then came back to it. But it's a premium hydration beverage made from Korean pears. And Korean pears are sort of somewhere a mixture between apples and pears. So if you don't like pears, um, don't give it up. I happen to love pears. Um, It's also an uh, hydration beverage. So uh, think electrolytes and and that whole category of drinks, yet many electrolyte uh, things that are beyond electrolyte water actually have coconut, which I happen to be allergic to. So it really piqued my interest and it's absolutely delicious. So definitely, definitely should give it a try. And I'm so excited to have Luis here to chat a little bit more about uh, his journey. He's also from Arizona, we just figured out too. So what is not to like about this guy? So really, really love it. So welcome. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Fan of you, fan of the show, and been a fan of Hint for a really, really long time now. So it's kind of a full circle moment for me to from telling people about Hint uh, when I was in college, following the story, going, hey, I think I can do something like this. And then now being on your show and meeting you, it's really cool for me. So thank you for having me. I love it. I love it. So before we get into hearing more about Soul Juice and the, your journey as an entrepreneur, where did the name Soul Juice come from? Yeah, so because it was made out of Korean pears, that's actually the first thing I came up with before I even decided to start the company. I heard about the Korean pear. Uh, I was looking for Korean pear juice, and I was like, they should call this soul juice. And that, then I, I just, I was in class. I remember vividly going, "Oh, I got to do this now." It was <laughs> like, it was like that name is perfect. I it was a necessity for me. So the name actually came first before the product, the name, which I know is very unusual. I know a lot of people go to branding agencies and get help. Mine was the name was what kind of drove the the entire product. And that's I'll just hold it up. That's right there. I love it. So great. So how would you describe the brand to people? Yeah, so soul juice is clean hydration. And that's what I'm trying to get to the world is like clean, transparent functional hydration. So as you spoke about with Hint and you tell people you wanted a non-preservative water that helped, that tasted good so that you would stop drinking Diet Coke. My big thing was I wanted to stop drinking sports drinks. So Gatorade and Powerade had an allergic reaction to one of them. 
and I hated coconut water. And to me, when I was looking at the functional hydration uh, set, there wasn't really anything that was natural besides coconut water. Uh, and I didn't like the taste. So it was like, hey, how can we be the functional, great tasting beverage brand? Similar to what palm is for pomegranates and, and Vita Coco is for coconut water. I want soul juice to be uh, what introduces the world to Korean pears. And so you were in college. Can you talk a little bit about what you were doing and why you wanted electrolytes so much? Yeah. So similar to probably a lot of the audience, I I was intrigued by business, but I was a soccer player. So I went to college um, to be a soccer player, was getting my business degree. And my sophomore year, I had an allergic reaction to a very, very common sports drink. And it made me realize, hey, this product I've been putting in my body my entire life probably isn't the best thing to be putting in your body. And so the athletic trainers were having me drink coconut water every day, and I complained about it every single day. And they finally were like, Luis, if you want something else, go find it, and we'll start getting that for you. So that led me to that class where I was, it was right after practice, uh, I wasn't doing my classwork. And I was like, all right, let me Google most hydrating fruit. There has to be something similar to coconut water on this planet that doesn't taste. Uh, I think coconut water kind of tastes, I get the laundry room smell in my head when I drink it. It just throws me off. So I, I came across the Korean pear. My mother grew up in Asia. And that's when I was like, oh, I already know I like this. Let me order this. Went to go buy it. It cost me $50 to ship two which wasn't feasible as a college student. So I said, all right, I know these pears are in grocery stores. Let me start blending it and making it for myself. So it wasn't even a business um, at that point. It was more just me making it for myself and my friends. And a kid on the swim team actually from Arizona as well named TJ Decker was like, Luis, I'll start buying this from you. And I was like, oh, and that was kind of when the light bulb clicked. Like I can start selling this and making money and turning this into a business instead of just giving it out for free and having fun making it. That's so funny. So you were, it's one thing to enjoy a drink and you were kind of goofing around with it. You were trying to finish uh, school. Did you ever think about how hard it would be or were you just like, okay, I'm going to go and create this and I'm going to be off to the races? So that, that <laughs> I know you talk a lot about uh, people going into it ignorantly. I went in fully knowing which I, I think that makes me kind of crazy because I knew right away how difficult it was going to be. I talked to a lot of beverage founders right off the bat. Um, I went and found a test kitchen to start making it. And like the first thing I realized was I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, and I have no money because I was a college kid. And I, the more people I talked to, the two things you needed is one, you need to understand the industry with distributors and retailers and trade spend and, and contract manufacturers and all the issues that we talked about earlier. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of hard things that go into starting a beverage brand, especially in how competitive it is. And then I learned how much money a lot of people need in order to scale these these beverage brands. So I learned pretty quickly, um, and that's actually what made me get into the industry. Uh, so I, after realizing I wasn't able to do it on a college budget, I went and worked as a broker uh, and sold massing clubs. So I went immediately to the dark side and started uh, working in food and beverage. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. 
I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that The Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, 
from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's crazy. So what were you doing? So I was selling everything on the chicken nuggets, bakery items, frozen foods, deli items. So it was everything under the sun to Walmart, Costco, Sam's, Kroger, uh, Target. So I threw myself in. I knew I needed, I, I really wanted to do this. I was really passionate about Korean pear juice. I knew there was a space for it. So I was like, well, let me learn and let me like really vet this out and get experience from other people and figure out if this is going to work. And if not, I kind of fell in love with the food industry, right? So it got me my foot in the door. It got me this cool brokerage job I wouldn't have been able to get without starting sold you. So I was like, all right, this is kind of my my life now. Um, so that's, I got into it. And from there, it kind of, uh, I just took hold. I found a venture studio we'd been working with closely and made the transition from selling items to building brands. So I went from negotiating shelf space, trade spend, getting new items on shelf at retailers for line reviews to a retailer coming to our venture studio saying, hey, we need a cake for our bakery set that has XYZ ingredients. Can you formulate and launch a brand for us? So that for me was cool because I learned everything from idea to formulation to getting a product on the shelf and branding it. And that's what I knew I needed in order to create Soul Juice. So smart that you sort of took, you know, your passion and then decided to go and learn from others for a while and then came back to sort of what you ultimately wanted to do. What do you think was like the biggest thing that you learned during that time that you didn't know? I think the biggest thing for me was sourcing. So contract manufacturer, for, for people who want to get in the food industry, a contract manufacturer is a facility that manufactures for other people. So they do a bunch of different items. Um, so we're a beverage company, a bunch of different beverages use our current contract manufacturer so that you don't have to spend all the money on um, mechanics and machines and everything you need to produce an item. And I highly suggest anyone listening that wants to start a business, go into the industry and learn. Um, because as, and as you you've talked about and you know, there's a lot of like left hooks and mm -hmm. especially or there's a lot of gatekeepers in the industry that just want you to pay or will make things more difficult or you can you can end up spending a lot of money or even losing your business just because you don't understand the industry and people aren't being fair or transparent with you. So that was a big thing for me was just learning the lingo, too, um, and learning what could go wrong and who to contact and what to pay for and what not to pay for. It was just really navigating how to scale a, a business in that particular industry. Yeah, definitely. And you also worked with um, some in the venture studio too. You were working with some different celebrities that you were bringing in to some of those drinks. Do you think that that's something that eventually you'll want to do with your product? 
Yeah. So, so we recently just did it. I just took, so I kind of have been deploying my skill set from the Venture Studio slowly throughout. Um, so at the Venture Studio, I launched Eva Longoria's first CPG brand. We did a bunch of cakes um, and salsas in HEB and Kroger. Uh, I did Tasty BuzzFeed's first food brand at Sam's Club. Chef John Howie, who you might know, I don't know how much of the audience knows. He's a chef out of the Northwest. He is Jim Senegal. Uh, the founder of Costco's restaurant partner. So I launched their item in Delhi. So a lot of these two was just building credibility for myself that, hey, I can take an idea from idea to on shelf and execute it properly with brands that that work. So yeah, I've taken that celebrity kind of negotiation that I learned uh, at the Venture Studio. And we now have the Cavender twins, who are big TikTok and basketball players uh, prior at the University of Miami. We have a very female dominant audience and consumer base. So the twins are actually reaching out to other college girls and giving them opportunities through Soul Juice to get their first brand deal and learn about NIL funding and what to do on social media and how to navigate. So it's really cool because when I was looking for celebrity partners, I wanted people to come on as investors and equity partners rather than just paid advertisements, which I think a lot of people see paid ads don't come off as well anymore. You want the celebrities involved to have buy-in to actually care about the product and align with your vision and values um, and help scale the brand. So the twins have been awesome. They're part of it. Sam Howell is the quarterback of the commanders. He is Korean American. So that's a great reach for us. He's one of three ever Asian American quarterbacks. So he helps um, one with our cultural aspect and being a Korean brand and, and helping reach those markets and then our last partner, who I grew up playing against, so it's special for me, is Jordan Morris on the Seattle Sounders soccer player who has type 1 diabetes. And soul juice, what's cool about it is we're a complex carb as opposed to a simple carb. Simple carbs spike your blood sugar. Say you get 20 grams of sugar, you go up straight 20 grams, and you need insulin to bring your blood sugar back down. Soul juice is complex. So over the three to four hour time frame, it slowly goes up like a bell curve and goes down. So you don't need that insulin to bring you back down. So Jordan drinks it at halftime. So he came on as a partner too. So we have very strategic uh, equity partners on board that help us grow the brand. That's awesome. And so where are you available currently? I know you're sitting right now in St. Louis. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So uh, St. Louis, we have a big presence here. We're in C-Store grocery like Deerberg's. We just launched at Sam's Club here in Missouri this last week. In the Northwest, we're up in, so Oregon, Washington, Idaho, and Alaska, we're in Costco. Um, West Coast, Bristol Farms, a lot of independence. And then on souljuice.com, you can find our, our store locator. And we're on Amazon. So we ship to every single state. And if there is a store, what we've noticed, and this is just other founders to hear from, is that I tell customers, if you want to see us in a certain store, go tell that store. Totally. Because we've actually launched in quite a few stores because customers have gone and been like, I want to see this. So you are doing these partnerships, which I think is really smart, really focusing on the athletes and the influencers uh, that are out there. How else have you gotten the word out about Soul Juice? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of word of mouth and thankfully people like you that are so nice and give back to the industries, right? So like you were, have been extremely successful, you know how the grind is and now you're giving 
people like myself a platform to tell our stories and help spread the word about our brand. So one, very grateful to you and uh, people in the industry that have helped me that way. It's mainly press. We had, we've had very little marketing spend. I haven't raised a bunch of money to get to where we're at. And that's part of being in, from the industry. So I was able to use a lot of connections to help us scale as, a, as opposed to having to pay and because of that, we've really leaned into organic marketing, word of mouth, and we're helping people that I'm sure you knew. Um, I know you've talked about running into uh, someone on vacation who was uh, who saw you drinking a hint and was raving about wanting to try it. You gave it to her, and I'm sure she told 10 other people. So that's my big thing is just telling as many people as we can, helping people out. And when you're helping people, they're going to they're gonna tell people about how you help them. Yeah, no, Absolutely. What's it been like creating a new category within a category, I guess, is is the best way to say it. Because electrolytes is not new to people. You definitely have people who understand it now versus, I don't know, 10 years ago. Maybe they didn't really understand electrolytes. But people get it now, but you have to educate them. I mean, everything around, you know, how is this different and unique versus coconut and uh, the sugar and the the, the way it spikes or doesn't spike, all of that sort of stuff. Like, how do you educate the consumer around this? Yeah, so that's, that's probably the hardest part. And it's a double-edged sword because uh, we're the first Korean pear juice brand in the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, which is good because we have the first mover. When people are looking for it, they look for us. But we also have to educate and let everyone know what it is. And I'm sure you know from creating a category, it's it's better to be a and one item than it is it's easier to be an and one item because there's already a buyer for the category there's already a set you can show how you're comparable as opposed to explaining to the retailer hey you need to you need to carve out new space for for this new item because it'll bring incremental business but um it's it's been a lot of fun the way i the way i tell people is we want to own this commodity so when people think of the korean pear we want to introduce it to the u.s explain to them what it is and when people think Korean pear, we want them to think soul juice. Um, similarly to what when people think of palm, uh, they think of pomegranate juice, and that's the player in the space. So we want to do something really similar where we're functional. People trust us as the experts in Korean pear, and they know when they're grabbing a product off the shelf that says soul juice, they know they're getting just fruit and water, and they know there's going to be a functional aspect to what they're drinking, and they could trust us to help them with whether it's hydration or these other SKUs that we're going to be launching soon uh, that provide other benefits that'll help them in their daily lives. So capital raising, I mean, you talked a little bit about uh, the, that this is definitely a money intensive industry for sure. Um, How have you raised capital so far? You're still early, right? But, um, but I'm so curious, like, how has that been and how have you thought about it? Yeah. And I'll I'll try and provide as much benefit too for other people trying to do it. Because I, the first year and a half did not get a single dollar. Um, I did it myself. So that's why I went and worked in the industries I just saved. Mm -hmm. So I suggest anyone that's like, I can't raise money. I don't have any family with money. I don't have any friends with money. It's like, well, go work at an industry, learn from someone who's awesome. Uh, Take all their skill set and just save money because Mm -hmm. that's how like if you want to bet on your like if you're going to bet on this and put your time energy and effort like you put your money behind it too and really help support yourself so that's what i did sold my car um cashed my 401k out uh in between when i was trying to get it up and running i was stocking shelves at walmart 
as a merchandiser. So I was doing everything, just putting my all behind it to try and get some traction and see, right? Because my the other thing too is asking people for money. You have to; it's very risky, especially at a startup. So you have to explain to them why it's worth taking the risk on your product as opposed to the thousands of others that launch every year. So my big thing was finding product market fit. So if you're starting a, if you want to start a company, start really small. Go to your local farmers market. Go to your local bodega, put it on a shelf, see if people pick it up, see why they like it, what they're looking for, get feedback and then rinse and repeat. And so my process of raising was I just started like that. Started, uh, we launched online, we launched in Bristol Farms, a local grocery store, got some feedback. It worked. We sold really well, scaled, got a couple other grocery stores in Illinois, tested it in other parts of the country. And then I just started asking everyone I knew like, hey, um, I'm looking for capital grow. These are my metrics. These are the numbers we're hitting. We're having a lot of success. And I got lucky that um, I got in contact with a guy named Bob Sermons, who actually was at AOL. So I have no idea if there's crossover hmm. there for you. Um, but he was, he's, uh, I call him like a serial angel. Mm-hmm. So he uh, joined Jason Calcanis's the syndicate very early on and knew him from AOL. Um, and he heard about it, was a fan and was like, all right, Luis, I'll, I'll tell some people in my network about this. And he helped me raise, I call it my friends and family round, but being 28, I don't have a lot of friends that are accredited investors. Uh, so that I had to go to angels and it was honestly pitching. I probably told hundreds of people about this for, since I started in college. So it took me six years to get my first grocery store sale in seven years to get my first investor. So it took, it didn't happen overnight. I feel like people see that we've grown exponentially in two years since we launched, but it it took a long time to get to this point. So just continue to tell people. Yeah. And so we did our first round. Um, I did some podcasts actually and got Glenn, Glenn Crest Global, a VC firm came in for that round too, just from hearing me do a podcast. Um, so things like that, just word of mouth, telling people about it. And we are now, we just closed our second round of funding too. So it's mainly, I mean, once you do your, the first time is always the hardest getting money in, getting that first check. And then if you continue to utilize it properly and grow and keep telling people, you never know. And I've had investors pass that then eight months later called me back up and was like, Luis, I made a mistake. I want to get in kind of thing. Um, and sometimes you have to say no, and sometimes it's the right fit and you can say yes. So that's a big thing. Just telling everyone is my advice. Yeah, no, I think that's that's really, really, really good advice. I love the ones that pass and then years later, uh, they actually, so, you know, sometimes it happens earlier, uh, but years later they come to you and they're like, oh, like, I remember, like, you know, and I screwed up and and I should have done this and, and uh, those are the best. And I'm like, at least... They're admitting it, right? That they screwed up, and and uh, you don't have to think about um, looking at them and thinking, "Oh, wow, they really don't remember the story correctly," right? It's um, it's so funny. So, what have you enjoyed most about being an entrepreneur? Um, so I, I think you have. I don't, and this is kind of controversial. I don't think, I don't think it's for everyone. I think you have to really enjoy. Um, I'll, you have to really enjoy it. So I, I know a lot of people that are very smart and very good workers, and but they're, they're, there's a lot of risk. So you have to be very comfortable with risk. 
you have to be very comfortable with not having as much of a social life. You have to be very um, passionate about what you're doing in your industry and want to be talking about it all the time. Um, you have to have the right family dynamic. I'm lucky because I'm a single 28 year old dude that doesn't have any responsibility outside of my company. Whereas um, there's a lot of entrepreneurs I meet that have families that they have to take into consideration with a lot of the decisions they make. You have to be on the road a lot. So I, I enjoy all that. I enjoy telling people about it. I enjoy going to like, I, I was in Sam's club all weekend this weekend, just talking to customers, walking by, telling them about the product. Um, I like going to like high school sporting events and passing bottles out and talking to people about that. I, I am really passionate about it because it helped me. I had a problem. I had an allergic reaction. I meet parents every day that have kids with the same problem. So for me, I just really enjoy what I'm doing and I like the creative aspect of it. So I'm a big, I, I really like building brands. I really like coming up with new stuff. So this allows me to do that. Whereas at a typical, maybe like a fortune 500 food company, um, it takes three years to develop a new SKU and a hundred people have to touch it before it, before it finishes. So you have less freedom on that end. So I enjoy a lot of that stuff, but as I'm sure you, you know, there's a lot of risk. There's a lot of late nights, there's no vacations. And so you really have to enjoy it. You have to be passionate about it. And that's why I tell people go work at the startup first, go be in that startup atmosphere, see what it takes, learn from the person starting it, and then figure out how to do it yourself or whether you even want to do it. Yeah, it's so true. You know, it's interesting. I didn't, I didn't do gymnastics in in college, but I I did it all through high school. And uh, I always tell people that you know, there's a lot of similarities in being a competitive athlete versus an entrepreneur because I think that you're constantly wanting to better yourself, right? Like you're never you you. The, the really, really smart athletes are the ones that recognize that they pick out some people that they aspire to be, right? Like they do things better than I do. And, uh, and they keep kind of upping their game, right? They keep sort of, you know, breaking their stride in order to go back down to the bottom again and try and redo things. And that may be in, in your case, new flavors or, um, new packaging or whatever, you're just never done. Right. And, but I think like having that mindset from being an athlete, I think there's just a lot of similarities where those are the entrepreneurs that I think sort of stand apart, if that makes sense. Not to say that you have to have been an athlete in order to be a successful entrepreneur, but you're used to getting back up again right? You're used to surrounding yourself with people that are better than you at something. And I think that that's how you're going to be better. And you sort of have grown up in that. Would you say that's accurate? Oh, a thousand percent. And like 90% of my business opportunities have come from people that I did sports with or know via that sports kind of network. So it's it's been great for me. Like you said, you're around like-minded individuals. Um, I get in trouble about this with a lot of the venture firms I talk to because they go, Luis, what's your goal? And I go, I want to kick Pepsi, Coke, 
Dr. Pepper Snapples, but every day I just like waking up and competing with them, which they don't love that answer. They, they want to know numbers and things like that. And I'm like, I just want to go to retail and have X amount of velocity that I know is better than them and gain that. Uh, I call it the the open shelf space, right? That these grocery stores have on the floor that isn't dedicated to anyone that they just like putting items that sell really well at. So I get motivated by the competitive aspect of it. I like especially when like you know this having a better for you item that helps people Mm -hmm. it's so much more motivating than selling something that's just a commodity that people use for pleasure that you know is hurting hurting their health and hurting them personally so just i just am so motivated one to compete and two to bring better things to people and make people's lives better so for me it's a super motivating factor it motivates you more to compete and like you said being around um really cool people like in sports uh, I know in gymnastics, you have like team events where everyone scores combined. And that's a big thing for me too. And building your company is having really cool people work for you, work with you and to learn from uh, in order to scale. Like most, a lot of the people on my team are way smarter uh, than I am. So I get to learn from all these cool people and help build our brand with them as well. That's awesome. Very, very cool. Well, Louise, so great to have you here. So many lessons to learn and inspiration for sure uh, on this interview. So you are off to a great start. Soul Juice is amazing and everybody should definitely give it a try. And uh, and we'll be looking for you personally in some of these stores because I know how you're really sweating it out, uh, getting in there and helping people realize how good this is. So that's uh, the sign of it incredible founder as well. So uh, really, really terrific. So thank you again. And thanks everybody for listening. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to the Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey, including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023. And goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening.